Hi everyone, welcome to the latest edition of Pro Wrestling Defined. I'm your host, Jonathan O'Dwyer, and please remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to keep up with all future content, interviews with legends of the business and current stars like superstar we have on the show today, someone I've been a big fan of for, for a long time. And uh, he has a whole new beginning at the moment now, lots of big shows coming up and a new name, uh, formerly known as Sin Cara, Sinta Deoro. How are you doing today, my friend? Hey, brother. Thanks again. I'm, I'm very excited uh, to talk to you today. I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, things are getting getting back in order, and I'm just excited for what my career, you know, it's, it's, it, it has it into place. Uh, obviously, uh, we have been through a lot this past about a year and a half, all of us, you know, everybody in the business, not just in wrestling, but in our lives. And I think I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about, you know, who I am outside wrestling so i think for me that has been a blessing but at the same time you know i'm ready to get i'm ready to get back into the ring i'm excited i'm i can be you know i've just been training trying to get myself back into into the swing of things because i definitely you know my main focus is to obviously uh showcase my talent and that that was the reason that uh i ended up you know leaving the company wwe as Sincara and now as uh Cinta Yoro in, in my new chapter in my career so um, uh, talk about the, the shows coming up. Uh, you have a big show July 31st, Hecho uh, in Mexico, and uh, fabulous Lucha Libre on August 20th. Uh, Alberto Del Rio, Andrade, Carlito, lots of huge stars here. Uh, how's the process been um, hyping up uh, the, the, these big matches and working with the likes of Andrade and uh, Alberto Del Rio again? Because they've been big fixtures in, uh, throughout your career. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I think for all of us, it's a blessing that we're able to have, you know, uh, well, we, we we love to wrestle. So I think for us, getting back into, into the swing and things is, is just an amazing feeling. But obviously, these shows are great. You know, you're going to you're gonna have amazing challenge. You like to first at the Pain Arena in Hidalgo, Texas, which is also known as Macalen, Texas, which is border town with Reynosa, Tamaulipas in Mexico. So I, I, I've been there a few times with uh, when I was with WWE, and, and the, the people just love wrestling there. So I'm just excited, you know, to be in that, uh, in that show. The main event will be Andrade versus Carlito versus Alberto del Rio. So I'm excited for that one. I'll, I, I'll be in the, in the semifinal match. It'll be me and uh, Tejano Jr. versus Psycho Clown and Hijo de Oscar. So I've, I've never faced a Psycho Clown ever so i'm excited about that you know he, he's a promise you know, obviously it's it's uh, i know them very well i got to wrestle with them a lot when i was in, in uh, wwe and and for me to be able to have an opportunity to obviously be part of this amazing uh, tour it's just excited you know july 31st we started the pain arena in Hidalgo, Texas, and then uh, august the 20th will be las vegas i'll be uh, doing a meeting read i will be wrestling in that one but then after that we start uh with uh, television in uh, Mexico City, recording television for Nación uh, Lucha Libre, Grupo Imagen. Uh, it'll be transmitted over there in Mexico and many other places. So we'll be, we started our um, recording television uh, the last week of August. And then we have a show on the 26th at the Pepsi Center, which is also known as the World Trade Center in Mexico City. That one's a great show. It'll be a triple threat. And I'm just excited about that one. So I'll be teaming out with Penta Cero Miedo, which a lot of people know him as Pentagon and AEW and, and AAA. So, you know, I've been getting an opportunity to be able to work with all those guys that, that before I, I wasn't able to. So I'm just excited about that. And then from there, we go to Tijuana on the 28th of August. That one's going to be amazing. It'll be Primo Colón, Alberto del Rio, and Cinta de Oro versus Elia Park, 
which is the Parque Original, Gliderman Jr. and uh, and uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. So that one's gonna be amazing. I'm, I'm excited to be able to, you know, start uh, showcasing and in all the shows and, and wrestle with a lot of a lot of uh, people that I knew before and then I haven't had an opportunity to work with for a long time. So I'm just excited to get back in the swing of things and and have people there now. You know, so that that's the main thing. Have our fans there back in, in the arenas and in the stands, cheering, screaming, you know, all, all kinds of things. So uh, I'm very excited about the opportunity that uh, that they're bring that they're uh, giving me in, in these uh, shows. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And uh, so, talk about the uh, the uh, new name. Uh, from what I understand, you're uh, paying homage to uh, a wrestler that you, you uh, really admired growing up. Uh, talk about the new name and what, what it means to you on a personal level. Yeah, when, when I was a little kid, uh, I grew up in Ciudad Juarez, El Paso, Texas, which is uh, the only thing that divides the border. A lot of people know is El Rio Grande, the Grand River. And uh, as a young kid, uh, Lucha Libre was a very uh, important part of my life. Not just my life, a lot of, a lot of people here remember those days. And uh, when I was 10 years old, November 1st, of 1987, I was 10 years old. It was the biggest match in the history of Ciudad Juarez. It was Rocky Star versus Cinta de Oro. Uh, back in the day, they were the biggest stars locally here, and uh, Cinta de Oro beats Rocky Star, and they, like a lot of people started crying, a lot of kids, because they were their idol. And for me, it was happiness, because Cinta de Oro was my idol, you know? So then as I got older, and I got, a, I got an opportunity to become a professional wrestler, I got to work with him a lot. In the beginning, it was... It was kind of rough because obviously they, they wanted to test you. They wanted to see if you really, you know, wanted to do this, which was professional wrestling. And uh, and for me, it was, it was a blessing because I, I was I was able to become a friends with him, and he became my mentor. And uh, him, Cinta de Oro, Cinta de Plata, El Tigre Romano, Victor Ojeda, you know, I, a lot a lot of the guys were behind me having success in my career. It wasn't just me. So when he passed away in, in March of 2016. Uh, I started, uh, the, the, the following year, I started uh, honoring him with my mask. I did a fusion of Sin Cara and Cinta de Oro mask. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with a little bit of my career, at the end of my career in WWE. I was, I was using this, this type of mask yeah. as, a, as paying honor to him, you know, because I wanted people to know who he was and where he came from. Because uh, he was only a wrestler that, that uh, didn't travel much. You know, he spent most of his career in, in the border. He didn't want to go to Mexico and other places because it was his choice. It wasn't because he hasn't, he didn't have the capacity to become a great, great wrestler. He was a great wrestler. They would call him El Maestro, Le decían El Maestro Cintadero. El Maestro means the teacher, so the mentor. So that's what, what we, a lot of us would call him. But um, for me, it was, it was in, in that sense that I tried to pay, you know, tribute to him. And then when I ended up leaving the company, the last thing, to be honest, it was for me to uh, portray the name of Cintadero. I was trying to find a, a a different name and just to you know keep my career going and then all of a sudden like uh one day i got a call from from the company asking me that i needed to change my name on social media and what was going to be my name and i i told them Cinta de Oro for now because like you know our contract had that 90 day you know clause mm. or whatever so yeah. I, was like, yeah, I got 90 days before that ends and then i'll you know see what name i have by then i should have a name you know where i'll be wrestling with then so when i said that uh, that same day they changed my name on social media. Usually it takes forever. Like on Instagram and Twitter, it takes months, right, to do any type of change because it's, it's verified my account. And for some reason that day, everything happened like that. You know, I told them at, at noon, my name was changed by 7 o'clock 
Wow. Like, man. And then so it became a big fud and everything. So then what I did, I ended up talking to his kids, to his family. And I, you know, I told him that uh, it would be an honor if they would allow me to continue the legacy of their dad. You know, and obviously my focus was to wrestle all over the world and, and, and not just in Ciudad Juarez for El Paso. And they said, yes, you know, we, we don't mind. We would love for you to, you know, carry the name. And um, let me show you something before I forget it. It'll be good. Give me one second. Yeah, sure, man. I'm going to show you a couple of things that I got here. It's pretty cool. And it's funny because, like, before, no, nobody really paid attention to... Uh, what was going on with Sin Toyota Why he passed away? And then all of a sudden, when I ended up like, you know, portraying, uh, trying to, you know, continue the legacy and continue what I was doing, then everybody said, oh, no, no, no. Why you? Why you? And all this stuff. But the thing for me is that this mask means a lot. You know, this is the actual mask that Sin Toyota lost in 1990 against Fishman. Wow. In July of 1990, Sin Toyota loses uh, mask versus mask against Fishman. This is the mask from, the, from that, from that uh, match in 1990. That's amazing. Own, you know? So it means a lot that's to amazing. me. It's, it's that, yeah. That's the main thing for me. And, th you know, there's been a lot of people, you know, um, always talking, you know, things and you know how it is. But at the end of the day, for me, that's the most important thing, that his kids and his family are happy that I'm portraying the name. And, and for me, you know, I, this is a mask that, that a collector, a friend of mine had, and I ended up, you know, doing a, you know, uh, a trade with him, and I ended up keeping the mask. So this is the actual mask from that mask. And then That's this incredible. Thing, this, is, this is pretty cool. This is the mask, the last mask that he used when before he passed away. He wow. wrestled one night, and then, the, and then the next day he passed away. This is the mask that he used in that match. His wow. kids gave it to me as, as a president, you know, because they knew, they knew that, how much it meant to me as, as, as a wrestler, as a person, as a teacher. So for me, that's the main thing to be able to showcase who Sin Toyota was. And, and obviously I won't be, I'm not comparing myself to him at all in, in any sense of the word. We don't wrestle the same. We don't look the same. But at the end of the day, I think it's important for us to pay homage to those guys that came before us that opened, you know, that path for a lot of us. And, and for me, you know, as a young kid, as a young man growing up in Ciudad Juarez, El Paso, those were the guys that actually, you know, paved the way for a lot of us. Cintayero, Rocky Star, to this day, I'm friends with Rocky Star, with a lot of the legends. And, you know, I, if I travel to a certain city, I try and get a chance to visit them and, and talk to them and, and you know, and, and open their, so they, so I, because I want to learn, you know, I want to learn about their experience and what they went through and all those things. So besides being a professional wrestler, I'm also a big fan of all those people. You know, I, I took my kid a, a few weeks back to uh, Arena Coliseo in Guadalajara, Jalisco. And uh, I got to, I got to take my kid and he was excited, you know, and I just want to show him my passion and what I love. And, and it has become his passion also. So we had a great time there. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't there to criticize anybody and, or nobody. I got to see one of my idols, Atlantis, you know, wrestle. And it was a lot of fun. And there was, I remember I was sitting down and there was a guy like in, in a corner started screaming things to, to Atlantis, you know, like, uh, some, some stuff and I was like, hey man, that's my idol, be quiet. And the guy's like, just stood still. <laughs> he didn't know what to say, but I was just playing around, you know. For me, it, was, yeah. it was an honor to be able to, you know, watch him again and, and wrestle with him. And then so I ended up sending a little DM to his son, Atlantis Jr. You know what? He tell your dad that he's still my idol and he sent me a little video saying hi. And it was pretty cool. You know, I, I still love what I do and that's what I want to continue. And that's the main thing why I why I, I chose to uh, portray Sintayoro, not to I don't want to compare myself to anybody. And also there was a there was a kid wrestling under Shin Toyota Jr. 
right? And and when when everything happened, I told the family, like, I don't mind if he wants to keep the name, Tintayero Junior, that's fine. I, wanna, I just want to wrestle as Tintayero, not, not Junior, not Segundo, not Tercero, nothing. He can, he can continue with the name. And then he made this big um, thing in, on television here locally saying that I was the one that took away the name and all this stuff because he, want, he, wanted, he wanted his five minutes of fame, you know? Oh, okay. Wanted, and, I, and I let him be. I let him do all, all this novela, TV novela, all this so far that he did on television that he cried and he took the mask off and all this stuff. And which is fine. At the end of the day, you know, the truth always comes out. And, and for me, the main thing is to be able to, you know, continue doing what I do, which is wrestle and continue becoming better. At the end of the day, you know, that's, that's what people are going to see when you're in the ring. If you're able to wrestle, if you're able to do what you love to the highest, you know, uh, um, of my ability. And, and so no matter the name, if I, if I chose Sintayor, if I chose another name, at the end of the day, it's my work that's going to, you know, be able to carry me through, through many places and take me to other countries and take me to other promotions to be able to, to wrestle. Awesome. And uh, just going backwards uh, into uh, your WWE run and the, the double Sin Cara uh, angle, uh, like that was so unique and so cool because of your actual real life history and around the Misco name uh, and everything. And uh, so uh, how did you actually uh, get along together when you actually had to do the, the angle and everything? Because your matches were, were, were quite good and everything. So what was the dy- dynamic like when you actually had to work together? Well, let, let me put, let me make something here first. It wasn't WWE's idea. It wasn't, it, it, it wasn't none of the writer's ideas to do Sin Cara versus Sin Cara. The idea came about because I had a, I had a meeting with Hunter back in the day in FCW and I told him the story about Mystico and Mystico, you know, how everything came about. So then yes. that's how the idea came about of like Sin Cara versus Sin Cara. But the main thing for them was to be able to make the blue Sin Cara because it was a big, it was the first, uh, Big uh, superstar that the Triple H had hired, and he wanted. Yeah. I guess he wanted to show the boss that you know he was able to to take take over the company or whatever he wanted to show. I don't know, but but it was it wasn't nobody's idea. Obviously, as the story came along, you know, we used writers and other things like that. But but the main main idea wasn't their idea. It was it was you know my real life story. So that's why everything came about. And at the at the end of the the whole deal, I think. We did, we did it very soon. We, we, we could have kept, you know, telling that story for a long time because I don't think yeah. I've ever seen a, a, a heel mass wrestler in WWE. It's always been a baby face. And that would have been something really cool to be able to, you know, be the Black Sincara for a, for a long time. And then later on, who knows, you know, uh, do the, the whole Sincara versus Sincara like we did. But I think we ended up doing it too soon. We didn't really, you know, uh, take as much as we could have out of that story. I think they just wanted to make him so big during that time because... Ray wasn't there anymore and they needed mm. this big Mexican star, you know, with a mask on and, and, and that's the thing. But it was fine, you know, when when uh when I was there, you know, the beginning, we had a talk. I told him, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I'm here to work. That's the main focus for me. And I just want to be able to have good matches and showcase my talent and, and be, be able to show the world what we can do. That was basically it. And, and we got along, you know, pretty well. But then people have different, different views, right? And I think for him, it, it was a different different view. He was used to always, you know, be, being that big star that he was in Mexico, that everything was like handed to him, like, here you go, you know, I'm going to give mm. it to you. And, and for me, it wasn't like that. You know, I had to fight for everything that I had. And and I think it was, our mindsets during that time were different. But obviously, people change and a lot of time changes. And then, and right now that you're asking me, it's pretty cool because remember I told you that I was in Guadalajara, that show. 
he yeah. wrestled there. He wrestled, he wrestled under Carístico. And it was pretty, it was pretty cool because uh we got I you know my son got to see him wrestle, whatever. I ended up going, you know, outside into the lobby when the show ended. I was talking to uh El Satanico, he's one of the legends in Mexico, and I was talking to him a little bit and I never met him before, but I knew who he was, and we started talking, and then as soon as my photographer tells me, Hey, uh Carístico wants to talk to you, I'm like, Really? He's like, Yeah. <laughs> so I go, you know, backstage and I and we said, hi, you know, we said, hey, how you doing? And, you know, he greeted me really well. He gave me a big hug and, hey, how you doing? This and that. And, and you know, I, I realized that, you know, people change, you know, it's not, he's not the same guy that he was before, you know, a little selfish, a little, you know, into himself. And, and you realize that, you know, through, I think throughout time and, and as we get older, we get more mature. And, and, and he realized that, you know, nothing lasts forever. And it was pretty cool to be able to, you know, talk a little bit and, and remember a lot of the, the matches that we had. Because we had really good matches, to be honest, you know, besides our, whatever happened outside the ring. I think we had good matches and people loved the, the, the story that we were telling. And, and it was it was fun to be able to, you know, uh, see how life and how throughout the years things change. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not at... at I'm not, I don't have no regrets or nothing. You know, if we get to work again and see MLL or in other companies or an independent company, I'm all for it. You know, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, that that would be absolutely awesome. I'd absolutely love to see that. It would be a really cool full circle story as well. But, yeah, exactly. um, yeah, definitely. And uh, well, what, one other thing uh, that that I absolutely love about your your story is um, your your faith uh, journey as well, because um, it, you studied uh, theology while you were coming up in the ranks uh, in the wrestling business uh, in Mexico as well. I, I think that's super yeah. interesting. Uh, talk about what your um, what your Christian faith uh, means to you, and has that been a big thing in in um, kind of getting you through the, the the last year with the pandemic and everything. Oh yeah, man. I think I think uh, for me as, as a person, that's what I was telling you before. Like, uh, I learned a lot about myself, of who I am, and and you know what what really matters in, in life. Obviously, what we do and and uh, and what I do for a living it's something that is my passion. That that I'm blessed that God gave me the talent to do what I do, and 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 I love it. You know, I love what I do. But but also, I learned that you know that, that I have a heart. That I'm a that I, I'm not a, as bad as people sometimes portray you know in, in many things in life and we all go through, through a lot of things and I think for me these two past years have been really really hard and in, in, in every sense of like in my career and my personal life but I've been able to you know sustain myself and, and just keep fighting and keep going through it and, and knowing that God is behind everything that I'm doing you know obviously you know we go through through, through many mistakes and I'm going to continue making mistakes but at the end of the day my focus is on that trying to do the best thing that I can do to have my kids, like to give my kids a good life and to leave my legacy. And the best legacy that I can do is my faith in God. You know, my kids go to a Christian private school and, you know, I don't know how I've done it through all this pandemic, but I've been able to afford that and just taking them to school because that's the best thing that I can do. You know, give them a Christian education and my kids love it. You know, I, I respect our religion, people, what they believe in. And I always, I mean, think for me, if they ask me, I'll tell them, if they don't ask me, I'll keep my mouth shut. Because politics, religion is always something that you know people get into conflict. But at the end, of the, at the end, the main thing for me that's what I what I believe in. And and as much as I believe in that, I'm also writing a couple of books. One of them is a motivational book, talking a little bit about my my story, you know, about my life. It's not a biography, but it's like like certain chapters in my life. And now that I'm older, how God always you know kept me safe in that in that sense. Because I grew up in El Segundo Barrios in Ciudad Juarez in La Raya, Colorado, which was like. It was like pretty tough, you know. It was it wasn't it wasn't an easy 
neighborhood that when I was growing up and I could have become a drug dealer, I could have become a drug addict, an alcoholic, a lot, a lot of things. And I chose not to, you know, I chose not to, I chose to keep my path to become a professional wrestler that because that's all I wanted to do. But now I realized that God had a plan for me, that it wasn't just me, that I was Superman. You know, it was, it was certain people that he put in my life, my grandfather, my dad, my mom, you know, uh, the mom of my friend or different people all around me that kept me focusing what I wanted to do. Even my friends, as much as, you know, they did a lot of things back in the day, it, it, what they call the homies, right? mis homies, mis amigos, mis camaradas, they would they would yeah. tell when we go to a certain place, they would protect me. They would be like, nah, this kid, you know, don't, don't offer him a drink. Don't offer him this. Because they knew that I had a future and they wanted to protect me in that sense. So I'm oh. also grateful for that. So it's it's pretty, pretty you know, cool now that I'm, I'm 43 years old. I don't mind saying my age because, you know, I always tell the guys, the guys would always tell me, oh, you're that age? I'm like, yeah, well, you're my age and you can do the things that I can do in the ring. Then we'll talk. <laughs> if you see if you want to criticize like what I do, but uh, but I Very think I, I think for, for me my trade has been uh, something that has kept me going, has kept me especially throughout this pandemic, you know, because I was at home for a, for a long, long time, just me and my kids, and I was going a little crazy. Like, what I, I would always ask the guy, like, Am I, what do you want me to do? You want me to retire? You want me to just continue wrestling, or well, what should I do? You know, you tell me what you want me to do, and and uh, we ended up. Uh, Focusing our time and writing these two books. One's a, a kid's book and the other one is a motivational book. So I'm in the process of that. Hopefully by the end of this year, we should have uh, out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the book in Spanish and in English and also the audio book in Spanish and in English. So I'm excited about that, you know. That's awesome, man. I can't wait, I can't wait to, to see those when they come out. And uh, uh, going back to um, one of my favorite moments of uh, your WWE run was the uh, ladder match at uh, WrestleMania 32. Uh, like you stole the show in that ladder match, that awesome spot that you did uh, that when the ladder was being tipped over and did the spots, uh, jumping onto the rope and the, the synth onto the outside and the, uh, the kind of crossbody as well through the ladder later on. Uh, talk about like that's the, the highest attended WrestleMania of all time. Talk about what, the, what that was like performing in front of that many people. Uh, how much did that mean to you? Well, I think it, for me, it's one of it's either one of, it's one of the top two uh, greatest moments of my career. You know, it's not it's not the top because I was able to perform in front of my family, in front of a lot of people that I knew, in front of an amazing crowd. You know, uh, I'm a big Cowboys uh, fan as a young kid, and uh, so I got to wrestle at the biggest stadium <laughs> during that time. You know, that that, that yeah. existed in the United States, so it was pretty cool. It was awesome. It was just an awesome experience. If you see my entrance, like I'm very like as I'm walking down the ramp, I'm like in shock. Like I'm not, I'm not. Usually, I'm very excited and jumping and like doing all this stuff. And and during that time, I remember that I that I was going out and I'm like, I was like in shock. Like, like I'm actually here. You know, this is an amazing moment. And and then when everything came about, the match came out amazing. People were chanting, "This is awesome!" and all kinds of stuff. I remember when I did the last um, fall, the last spot into Cody Rhodes when I ended on the ladder and then pulled out to the other side and then Sag ended up winning. When the match was over. Uh, I started, uh, I was on the on the floor and I, and I started crying. You know, people didn't know because my eyes were covered, my eyes were covered, but actually I was crying of, wow. you know, of, of enjoyment, of satisfaction that I had uh, accomplished something amazing. This Latino kid, this Mexican kid from El Paso, Ciudad Juarez, that uh, had an amazing dream to become a, a great, great wrestler. And I was part of an amazing event and an amazing match and then the biggest crowd in WrestleMania. So, you know, you cannot ask God more than that and for me it was a blessing to be able to be a part of that uh, that amazing match 
Yeah, it was absolutely awesome. And uh, now that um, uh, Kalisto is uh, no uh, no longer part of WWE, uh, might we see a, a Lucha Dragons uh, reunion uh, around uh, the independence or may may maybe, uh, you know, one of the big companies in AEW or something like that eventually? That would be awesome. To, to be honest, we, I, I think we, we, we always ended up, we always thought that uh, they, we never really had a big run in WWE. We, we, we were doing very well. And then we ended up, you know, being cut short of anything that we could have accomplished. And I don't know why, but what was the reason? Everything that, every time that him or me wanted to do something, you know, we were, we were on a roll, they would stop that roll. For, I don't know if they didn't really thought that people were going to get behind us or it was because who they wanted to push or, uh, you know, a lot of reasons. But a lot of, a lot of fans now know when they want to push somebody, they'll push them to the moon no matter if they're talented or not. It's who they want oh, yeah. to make. And, and unfortunately, that's, that's the way it is. And you cannot change nothing about that. But for us, I think we as, as a team, we, we had great chemistry. We were able to do a lot of amazing things and we, we we wanted to become champions and we never got that opportunity to become champions in there and, and hopefully one day maybe outside you know we'll be able to work together I don't know what Kalisto is doing right now or what he's referring to do but you know uh, I'm open for for any challenge if, you know if the Lucha Dragons you know we, we're able to unite outside the WWE it would be awesome maybe in AEW maybe in AAA maybe in El Consejo maybe in Nacional Calibre who knows you know anywhere uh, I think it'll be and honorary, it'll be something that that uh, I still be I still uh, get a lot of questions about that. You know, uh, you'll be able to work with Kalisto again. We'll be able to do something with him. And you know, I I know that he's been you know uh, having some interviews lately and talking about what he really felt you know during that time. And, and I think it's 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 the same feeling for a lot of us. I, I think that we saw that we were cut short of our of our, our talent. You know, it was always all those excuses like, oh, he doesn't do a promo well. He doesn't speak English. He doesn't speak Spanish. He doesn't speak this. He doesn't. He's fat. He's too. He's too skinny. He's too ribbed. He's not ribbed. You know, it's just a bunch of excuses. And and yeah. I think it's you know at the end of the day, it's just whoever they want to make. You know, that's the truth. No bits or buts about it. It's just if if whoever they pick and they want to make, they're gonna make. So it doesn't matter. You know, the the one big example is uh, Calisto. He got ripped at the end of his career. You know, in the company, he yeah. just got like jacked and. So you say they were fat. Now this kid is ripped. He knows how to wrestle. He knows how to do this. What is what? What is your excuse now? There was no excuse. It was just they didn't really care. And now I'm happy that you know that he's free. That hopefully he gets a chance to really showcase who he is. And and uh, now under some guidance, so I think he's going to fit in very well. And uh, hopefully we get to work together. You know, in many places. Definitely. And just before we wrap up, uh, just some uh, quick fire questions. Um, dream opponent, uh, past or present, that you would most have liked to have worked with? Man, I would have, uh, to be honest, like I've got, a, I, I've been blessed in my career to work with a lot of the legends, but I think one of the guys that I really regret never meeting was uh, Eddie Guerrero. You know, he was a big, big, uh, Wow. inspiration for a lot of us because I grew up in Ciudad Juarez in Paso. I used to watch a wrestling and Mary Santos in Ciudad Juarez. He debuted when he was 18 years old. I was eight years old. So I used to go watch him wrestle with, with a lot of the local guys back in the day. And then the time that I was supposed to meet him, I didn't, uh, he passed away a few months later and it was just really, really sad that I never got the chance to be able to, you know, talk to him or really get to know him. But uh, 
I met a lot of his, you know, his friends. I met uh, Chavo Guerrero and me are really good friends. And, you know, it's one of those things that through other people, you get to know somebody, you know, which is pretty cool. But I never really got a chance to be able to, you know, talk to him or, or learn from him, which I, I wanted to do. Hopefully, you know, in heaven, we get to get a, to have a match one day. That'll be something cool, really cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And uh, since, like, you're a huge uh, Wolves fan, and uh, like we know about your friendship <laughs> with uh, Raúl uh, Jiménez. I saw your shirt. Not <laughs> just a United. Uh, I like trying not to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big, a big, big man United fan. All right, now we're, we're just, uh, since the ninety-five, ninety-six season. But uh, since you're a big, big Wolves fan, uh, who'd be your uh, dream player, past or present, to uh, play for Wolves? Obviously, Raúl Jiménez. You know, he, he's a he's my friend. He's 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 one of those guys that I think uh, you have learned to love. You know, and and now the wolves are very very popular in Latin America. I don't know if you know that. Like, especially in Mexico, people love the wolves. People love Raúl Jiménez, and it was just an unfortunate thing that happened to him last season. But he's he's back in the swing. I think he started training again. He's doing very well. So. I'm excited for the season for for especially for him, you know, to get back into the swing of things and and hopefully the Wolves get a, a place in into get into the into the into the league in the like Champions League. We want to play in yeah. that one and it'll be something really cool. I'm also hopefully I get to visit the team again this season. And you know, there's a lot of, a lot of projects in the way right now, so I'm just excited and hopefully I get to get a chance to visit the team again as I did a couple of years back. And uh, finally, uh your favorite mask that you've worn and your favorite mask of uh, any other wrestler? Ooh, that's a good question, man. Uh, there's a lot of uh, amazing masks, but I think one for me that uh, is considered one of the best is the, either El Cobarde or El Solitario. Let me show you. I, I got one here, so I'll show you one before we end this interview. It's right here. Este es El Solitario. This is an actual mask from the 70s of El Solitario. Oh wow! So, uh, I love the gold. Yeah, so, so he was a he was a big legend here in in, uh, in, in Mexico and in, in Japan. He passed away really young, 1986, when he was 40 years old. Now oh, I want to wow. you know part of, of history, and uh, I think he was one of my idols. I was a little as a young kid too, so uh, it's just an honor to be able to you know have this in my collection also. That's awesome. And, and you asked me one of my masks, right? One of mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for me to actually say one, but if I'm going to have to say one, I think it's the Wolf's mask, the one that uh, Raul Jimenez put oh, when, he, when he, uh, he scored the goal in a, at the FA Cup in the semifinal at Wembley Stadium, because that transcended generations, transcended, you know, countries, languages. It was just an amazing thing that he did uh, to honor, obviously, his goal and to honor Lucha Libre. So it was just awesome to be able to, you know, that uh, that picture went all over the world. That video was, you know, I don't know how many views it got, and it was just, you know, all over the place. So for me, it's got to be that that moment. Awesome, man. Well, th uh, thanks so much uh, for uh, for joining me today. It's been absolutely awesome talking to you. It's been an honor. Like I've been a big fan of yours uh, with a lot of years. Like so, it's uh, it's it's been awesome, man. Thanks so much for your time. Another, my pleasure, man. Stay safe. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into Pro Wrestling Defined on YouTube. Please like the video if you enjoyed it and subscribe to the YouTube channel to keep up with all future content. And please follow Pro Wrestling Defined on Twitter, Instagram and like us on Facebook.